This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to The Bullpen, Thursday edition, Thursday afternoon. You got got Brandon Elkins. I'm the new drunk guy from the PSA, and I just want to say it's Thursday. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> do we have a drunk guy? I'm sure here. Do we have a drunk guy on the PSA? Yeah, dude. The woo woo. Oh, that guy. The woo woo. That guy. That's right. And then he's like, I just want to say that friendship, friendship is about heart. <laughs> I've heard that. Okay. Damn well, PSA I, listen, too much. Clearly, I should know this. We you should. We listen to the same station. No, I. That's the difference. Is I. I don't <laughs> listen. I'm just here to talk, dude. I don't listen. I don't listen. Okay. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you here in the bullpen on this Thursday afternoon, 127 <laughs> ESPN. And thank you so much for joining us. Bye. I'm not drunk on alcohol. I'm you, drunk on coffee again. I'm drunk on coffee. Apologies. Well, you, don't, you don't sound like it. That would be more like, I'm drunk on coffee. I'm drunk on coffee. I know how to As compose. opposed to, I'm, I'm not drunk on alcohol. I am a. I'm drunk on coffee. I. Come on, dude. You're not making a good argument for this. I am not. I can. I don't See? even know what, I don't even know what you, to say anymore. You're stammering like a drunk guy. <laughs> Somebody get a somebody call the cops. Somebody to bring a breathalyzer in here. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't smell my black coffee because that's all I drink. FCC doesn't mind if you run a federal transmitter drunk. Come on, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, so five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number here in the bullpen. Feel free to uh, give us a call, weigh in on uh, anything you would like, anything under the sun. We're going to begin today over on the hardwood with some news out of Boston. And How about that? The famed Celtics organization. Coach Ime Udoka facing disciplinary action, expected to include a significant suspension for his role in a uh, what's being called a consensual intimate relationship with a woman who's a member of the franchise staff. In other words, don't mess with my daughter. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to sure. me. Sure, yeah. Uh, relationship was considered, is considered, a violation of the organization's guidelines. And uh, a decision on the length of that suspension is expected to come possibly today, likely today. Uh, no final decision has been made at this point, though. Internal discussions have included scenarios that would keep Udoka out of the entirety of this upcoming 2022-23 season. Whoa. It's not believed, though, wow. that his job is in jeopardy as, just a as full the year head coach suspension. Of, of the Celtics. Correct. Just just a full uh, full year suspension. I'm not saying anything about here uh, about punitive uh, punishments either. No, no fines. I, that's not to say that we won't have any, but I'm not seeing anything here about that. Uh, so his top assistant coach... Will Hardy, they left the team in June, become the coach of the Jazz. And then another Jazz finalist, who's assistant coach Joe Mazzula, he'll likely be in serious consideration for the interim role if this year-long suspension does go through as it's expected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doka joined the, the Celtics in the summer, last summer. Uh, he spent time with the Spurs, the Sixers, the Nets uh, as an assistant coach. Also uh, played a little bit as well. He replaced head coach Brad Stevens who moved upstairs to Boston's president of basketball operations after Danny Ainge, his predecessor, chose to, to leave the organization. But Udoka, actually, I mean, he's, he's overseen a pretty remarkable turnaround. I don't know if you follow the Celtics much, but no. he's seen a, a pretty remarkable turnaround up there. The Celtics went from being under five hundred in late January. They closed last season 28-7 and over their final 35 games. They authored a pretty impressive run through the Eastern Conference Finals. They advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in, in uh, 12 years. And that made Udoka the fifth coach in the past 25 years to reach the NBA Finals in his first season as a head coach. So there's a lot of promise under 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 this guy. And, of course, me being a Boston fan, mm-hmm. a Boston guy, yeah. uh, I, I hate to hear this but because uh, uh, he has done some great work there at the Garden over the past year. Sure. So sounds like he's going to be suspended a year. Messing around with the gals up in the, in the, in the rules are rules front office, man. If if the rule is don't date, don't dip your pen in company ink, then don't. Yeah. So when you get caught, even if you're the head guy, you still have consequences. You would expect there to be to co- be consequences because you are in the spotlight. You're the head coach. Mm-hmm. So when you are internally breaking the rules, you have to suffer the consequences. I mean, it would look bad if you didn't. If they didn't do right. something. I didn't expect a full year. Full but year. It sounds a little harsh. That's, I mean, for, for what's being called a consensual relationship sure. between two adults. It it had there has to be more for it to be a full year. I would I would have thought maybe the preseason, out the whole preseason. You know, you want your coach there for the regular season, you, but you certainly do. Well, I, I, 
or it, or maybe just a, a few games to kick off the regular season, perhaps. But I, I agree with you. Yeah, four, four years, years sounds pretty harsh. Bit harsh, you know. Especially like you said, it's consensual, but to adults, there has to be something going on that we don't know that to make it this harsh. It should be, but I mean, there's no report of any assault. Yeah. Certainly, nobody underage here. Uh, so really, it sounds to me like it just boils down to the fact that he broke a rule and got involved with somebody in the front office who shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Dipped his pen in the company ink or mm-hmm. swished the company net, as it were. <laughs> Look, <laughs> 16 years in the restaurant business, I can tell you, bad idea, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't Listen, do it. I've had my share of girlfriends in, in workplaces. Never, ever works out well. Nope, never does. Never, ever you think, works out you well. You think that one is the right one, and then it's not. She's never the right one. Ooh. Never. She or he, you know. Well, I'm talking about me. Okay, right? fair enough. <laughs> no. I'm not labeling this to just man or woman. You know, I, know, I understand. Woman. It's 2022. You got to come qualify on, man. It. I get come it. On, I get it. Uh, also, in the world of the NBA, Suns and Mercury owner Robert Sarver preparing to depart his position as owner of the two teams. Bye bye. Four people have now reportedly emerged as potential buyers for the Suns franchise. That would include the Phoenix Suns and the uh, Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA mm-hmm. Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm going to throw out three names here, and then I'm going to let you see if you could guess who's the fourth, because I bet you can if you think hard enough. Oh, no. So the three names we have here, former Disney CEO Bob Iger. Okay. Ex-Oracle CEO Larry Ellison. Yep. Wizards minority owner Lorraine Jobs, yep. who is Steve Jobs' widow. Mm-hmm. And the fourth would be... Jeff Bezos. There you go. There you go, so Jeff. I got that right. Amazon Ugh. Bezos. Indeed. Uh, hey, where are you at in your local team, pal? You got a team... In Seattle, that's missing. Maybe help bring them back and not go to Phoenix. We already lost Steve Ballmer to the Clippers. Damn. Help out your local team, guy. I hate that guy. You finished over there? I'm done. Okay. All Thank right. you. Just making sure. I don't, <laughs> I I need want, to I don't want to step on your rant. I need to defend that. Okay. That was it. Um, so, yeah. So, it looks like uh, so Sarver, I, we, we reported this yesterday mm-hmm. that uh, Sarver announced he started the process of selling both the teams. And more than a week ago, of course, suspended for a year and given a $10 million fine for uh, league findings following an investigation into, as they're calling it, workplace misconduct. Right. Others would probably just call it egregious violations of being a human D-bag. You know? Fair enough. Sure. Uh, Because all of the above work. Per the league's investigation, he used, he dropped an N-bomb at least five times while recounting statements of others during his time with both franchises. He also uh, reportedly consistently acted unprofessional toward employees. Instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, including sex-related comments. He also reportedly engaged in inappropriate physical contact toward male employees as well. Uh, so, you know, it's equal, equal opportunity offender here. But it's funny. It seems like the money is the only reason he's being pushed out Yeah, because of, what is it, uh, PayPal? Yeah, PayPal. That's a big, to the jersey sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big deal. Uh-huh. So Sarver owns 30% of the, roughly 30% of the Suns. Uh, he'd be, he's going to be in control of the sale process here as he's getting ready to exit this role. He bought the Sunzo in 2004. They were $401 million at the time. It's been almost 20 years since he bought the club. So you have to assume, in fact, uh, Forbes from, uh, I, I believe I saw the other day that Forbes or last year, I think they said last year was $1.8 billion. The franchise. He'll get, now, he'll get a bill right? so, for the Suns alone. Right. So if the Suns are in pursuit of the highest bidder, obviously Bezos is going to be the guy that probably would be the front runner for this. He holds more than $146.9 billion in wealth to his name. This would be just, you know, chump chains to a dude like Jeff Bezos. He could probably own three teams if he wanted. He probably he could. He could own a team in every major sport if he wanted. He probably could. His name is on the arena in Seattle now. Yeah. Amazon yeah. Climate Pledge Arena. That's right. Yeah. His logo is on the Kraken uh, helmets. And yet still no Supersonics. And still not yeah, every time I say the Supersonics, I think of Ice Cube. I can't help it because the Lakers beat the Supersonics. That's the only them. time you're ever going to hear me wrap up the show. The yeah. I hope you enjoyed it because that's all you're getting. Today's well, to- <laughs> obviously today's not a good day for you. Then if today, today, you know what? Today is a good day. It is a good day, even though even though there's still no Supersonics to beat the Lakers or to lose to the Lakers. I should say classic. They don't make rap like that anymore. I can't believe they gave us a show. One more new, uh, bit of news out of the NBA. Utah Jazz trading uh, Bojan Bogdanovic to the Detroit Pistons for Kelly Olnick and Saban Lee. Oh, I know Kelly Olnick. Uh, he's, uh, uh, do, you, do you know Kelly Olnick? Gonzaga. Oh, personally. No, not personally. Gonzaga, by the way, one of the most beautiful college campuses I've ever been to. When I went to, when I I I went like to Eastern. Sort of thing. I, oh, I do. I do. <laughs> I, when I went to Eastern, I travel into Spokane every once yeah. in a while and just you know get jealous of the rich kids over there at, at Gonzaga. 
Must have been nice. Must have been real nice. Uh, it, it's funny to put rich and Spokane in the same sentence. Yeah, but you're talking about Gonzaga. I know. You know, yeah. private Catholic school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Catholic kids. Uh, so Bogdanovich, now the third high-profile player traded away this offseason by the Jazz. Uh, also, uh, they parted with All-Stars Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and separate blockbusters. So they're lo- Is it rebuild time? Yeah, they're looking to rebuild clearly here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bogdanovich, he's only 33, you know, 39% uh, from beyond the, uh, the, the arc, a three-point shooter. Yeah, they don't expect him. To I think do they're, that. but I think they're going to try to to uh, improve their long range a bit there in Detroit because last last season uh, they were second worst. Detroit was in the NBA from beyond the arc, thirty two point six percent. So you know, there you go. Little news out of uh, out of the NBA for you to kick off the the bullpen on this Thursday. It's a couple big dudes heading over to where are they going? They're going to Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. they'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, what is he? Bogdanovich, he's what, he's like 6'7". Six, 6'7", six, seven. Six, seven, seven, Kelly Olenek's 6'11". 6'11". Good Lord. See, I, I'm 5'11". I always feel like I got screwed, you know? I, I just, that one extra, and she's a guy you want to be six feet tall. Try being 5'9". Okay. On the vert, like fringe 5'9". Well, but see, so you you don't get, uh, my point is you're not flirting with that, you know, all you need is that extra inch, right? All he needs is that extra inch for seven feet tall. You think he feels the same way as I do? No, he probably hates it. He probably does. Most tall people Dude's hate got being a duck tall. every time he walks <laughs> exactly. through a doorway. His his knees are up to his throat every time he's riding in his car. I've seen yeah. uh, this guy's TikTok who's like seven foot five, and he puts his phone in, in his perspective. So, like when he goes to the grocery store, he's running into the signs up above, and he can see above all the shelves, and he can grab everything that hasn't been pre taken out of the package yet. It's like. He hates it. <laughs> it's funny when you look at tall, you know, tall guys and like everybody that. stares at you of when you're that they tall. Yeah, of course, mainly because they're jealous. And you know, a, a lot of guys too. You know, might be tall and maybe never played basketball, but you know, this. if you're if you're a certain height, so that's going to be the typical question. Oh, where did you play? Question basketball? number one: Who did you play? What ball sport for? do you play for? Yeah, or that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny when you look at guys like that. You're six eleven, or guys like Manute Bowl, mm-hmm. who was like ninety feet tall. Yeah. And Ninety look, feet tall, and then you look so. at a guy like Spud Webb. You remember him? Oh yeah, he was like, he yeah. was like your height. Yeah. And he hey, was, whoa, whoa, no, man. no. Okay, and yeah, I guess dunking. you're right. I think he was more five seven. All five, right, eight. well, so so shorter. But there are guys. Dude was Duncan, like Isaiah Thomas, who was five Isaiah? eight and a half. Isaiah maybe. wasn't tall. Yeah. Yeah. Or you look at Altuve, who's what five seven, five he, eight. Well, yeah, but I, I and in baseball, I, that's still really when you're that small, you don't expect to be that powerful. And like him and Tony Kemp. And some of these other guys out there who are small and still have power, sure. like it's pretty cool to see. They do. They uh, when you're talking about baseball, good. you know, you, you you really you shrink that strike zone when you, you get small, yep. which Big I've time. often thought was an advantage for smaller guys. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All you have to do uh, is bend down a little bit, and it shrinks even more. Right. Uh, and we'll get into some Astros news coming up later in the show, but uh, Altuve, since you brought him up, he took a he, he took a pitch off the elbow last night, so it doesn't look like he's going to be starting to, tonight. Look, they've clinched. They should not be playing right now. They should not. They're be fine. Right. They're going to win the. Div- they won the division. They clinched their first round by. Sit them down, dude. What are you doing, yeah, Dusty? Ninety-eight or ninety-nine wins now. Let the let the young guys play. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have that on the way as well. But coming up, Thursday night football kicking off. Maybe maybe an ugly night, ugly battle. It may be a very ugly battle. We're talking Brown Steelers. So we'll have more on that. Plus, the Am- the uh, Nielsen numbers are in for last Thursday's for us? Amazon. Kidding. For, for the Amazon uh, viewership, just barely, barely coming through with the numbers they promised okay. over there. So that's Let's more. See. 512 is the number here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen Thursday edition. Patrick and Brandon with you. 512 512- Eight three four one zero two seven is the number here. Monday times four. This is Monday part four. Monday part four. Monday part four. I'll get. I'll get it right. Monday. Monday I'll get junior. Right. Monday part three. Monday part four. And Friday. I will definitely get it right. Welcome Monday. Monday. I won't get it right. I'm never. Remember. Remember. Glass half full. I uh, would like to talk God. about your awesome shirt because. Would you? I know I don't like to talk about when people. You know I don't like it when people bring up shirts I wear or I don't mind. clothes I wear all the time because for some reason it's always a topic of conversation. Anyway, I'm quite yours proud is of hilarious. This. I'm quite proud of this. You got two kit. You, your shirt looks like it's from the 1970s, right? right? right. Like, what do you call that? The a ringer shirt. Ringer shirt because all white, red ringer, Around and two, the, two, two, two uh, preteens. Yeah, they look like they're probably, well, maybe 13. They look like they're having fun, but uh, it's uh, 
two preteens with a knife. They're both holding knives. Both holding knives. And Sharp the knives. shirt says, my first knife fight. That's right. Under hobbies and games. Under hobbies and games. What right. a time to be alive that what must a, What have a been. dark sense of humor I must have. And look, have. that kid already got shanked on his on his left left arm. He's already hurting. Yeah, you're right. Oh, he's got a right 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 leg injury. Ooh, boy. Yeah, they've been going Those, those are already. good spots to go after yeah. first. Ooh, yeah, man. yeah. That they, leg, too. You you, you hit there. Ooh, it's game over. This is basically a... Uh, that is a, terrifying. This is the kind of shirt that if a kid were to wear to school, he'd get tossed off campus immediately. I would I would yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. One of those... Yeah. That you, you, you know. ever see the marijuana shirt with the McDonald's logo? I have. I had one of those. Okay. I, uh, I wore it. <laughs> I definitely wore it to school, and they made me... Turn it inside. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get did. I didn't get in trouble as long as I put the shirt inside out. Well, so uh, you couldn't see it inside out. No, you could. They yeah. just they were like whatever. Just put it inside out. So yeah, we don't. I remember have to get the mad good. I remember the good old days. You could show up. I remember being in elementary school and, and kids would show up in like a Bud Light shirt that their dad won from some raffle the, the weekend before. Did you ever have minors and majors when you were in middle school? Ah, uh, you that, mean like that like, was like, like disciplinary? Like, no, it no, was like when you get if, if you do something minor, you get a minor. It's I don't know. It's like detention, but without the detention because they actually couldn't do that. We would get those if we got caught hugging the opposite sex at my school. You went to a public school, yeah, and they would do that. They would do that. Wow. Sometimes if it was too long, it would be a major infraction. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't sound like that sounds like like a private, you know. Baptist but school. We would also do that wrestling thing, you know, where you you hit your you hit uh-huh. your hands on your legs in a certain area, and you, you kind of like the discount double check move, sort something of, like sort that. Of, yeah. We would do that all the time, and no one would ever get in trouble. So I'm not really sure where their priorities lie. Who used to do that? Was that the Triple H? I mean, uh, Triple H. Triple H. I, triple H? Think? I don't know. I I've never really been a wrestler. wrestler. <laughs> yeah, we're not wrestling guys. We like <laughs> we like when guys really Dang fight, it. right? Well, no, no, I don't, but you do. I do. I don't really care. I love fighting. I like fighting in hockey. I that love. I love and it. baseball. Baseball brawls are my favorite oh yeah i love a good bucket of blood man i'm old school like that all right all right all right guys speaking of bucket of blood probably not going to get that tonight uh as, as the uh browns are hosting the sealers mm-hmm. primetime afc north battle here of course not every thursday night game is going to be a gem like we've had the last couple of weeks very likely that's you're, you're going to get one of these non-gem games tonight uh, Mitch Trubis- Trubisky is last in just about every offensive category yeah. in the NFL right now. Yeah. I'm shocked by certain people in this building who claim that he was the right choice for the Steelers. I will not name names. No, it's not you. I see you looking at me. Oh, I don't no, I would never that. claim that. No. Uh, and uh, this game is probably going to be a laugher. It's there. It, it, I would, I would, I expect a 13 to 10 game and that's probably all fourth quarter points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you this. You talk about laughable. Whoever wins this is going to take the top spot in the AFC North. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks in. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, something. Parody ensues. The only time Good the, Lord. either of these guys are going to be proud of themselves this year. Uh, I think we should be grateful that this is on Amazon. I know that they had big numbers uh, recently, but the fact that no one really has to go out of their way to watch, that you have to go out of your way to watch this, I don't know if a lot of people will. So you bring that up. And Amazon has really overpromised and just barely overdelivered here with with the Amazon streaming of Thursday night football so far. Uh, I got some questions, but I'll start with some numbers. Thirteen million was the number for last week. Okay, okay. They promised twelve point five million, and it was even in local network, local areas. It was exclusive, or is it just outside? No, it's it's on the air in the markets. Okay, so so they had their local right Lo- local TV broadcast, local TV broadcast. But, but that's other than that, everything else is exclusively Amazon and will remain that way pretty much for the next decade for Thursday night. I could see why the numbers are fringe, because I mean not everybody has that option, you know, in those local markets because of streaming sites don't don't show that channel maybe. Uh, so they'll, they did not, everyone used Amazon in the local markets, or I don't know, even know if they counted that towards the numbers. Yeah, well, so they, they've, they've contracted with, uh, with, with Nielsen for this. Yep. It, it, my question is this, right? It, it, why use Nielsen to legitimize numbers that Amazon should already be able to track immediately, right? To make them sound more legit. They know what you're buying real time. Yeah. Right. They know what you've watched. They know what's on your list to watch. How do they not immediately know how many people watched on their own service? Why the week delay? 
One week later, we're finding out. There, I don't know, there's some just, uh, Amazon just doesn't seem like it's got its stuff together here. You could stop right there. That's your answer. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. You, you nailed it. We, we don't, why, you can't trust them ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Now, what I do. Except I, for fast delivery. Is that because it's, uh, are, you, are you just still angry at Jeff Bezos? Is that where this comes from? I, no, they're just a, they're just a shady company. That's very obvious. They have been accused Especially of with their shady owner. And we see all these Amazon employees reaching out, begging for help that they don't get. So I'm thinking what we're going to see probably this week, I would, I would, if I were a betting man, which I'm not because I always lose. But if I were a betting man, I would bet on the numbers being higher this week, mostly for the FOMO aspect of it, mm. the fear of missing out. i got to see what I'm missing here. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what people are going to do is they're going to tune in to see what they have been missing so far, and they're going to tune in to this ridiculously woeful, lackluster game between the Browns and the Steelers. And they can't and look And they're away. not going to come back after that. That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> Sure. I think you're going to get a lot of people, too, long-time older football fans. You know, guys maybe in their, you know, Don't forget their sunset bro- years. Their broadcast crew is not the A-team. No. And at no. least not in my eyes. And everyone knows my thoughts on Al Michaels. Kerb, Kerb, Kerb Street. Kerb, Herb Kerb Street. Street. I like. Uh, I think he's better in college. I'd ra- I was just about to say, I'd rather him stay, stay in college. Yeah. He, yeah. I, don't know, I just, Amazon. I just, I, I'm always a skeptic when the fox is providing the hen house's head count, you know, and Fair. that's what we're getting. Yeah, here. yeah, so, you're right. Um, but we'll see. And you got to think of it like this: too. 13 million for Amazon. But if this was on a, if the, if the Chargers Chiefs had been on a, a on a three letter network, mm-hmm. 20 million easy, easy, easy. Not even trying. So not even trying. Amazon's got a long way to go. Yeah, I would say for sure. I agree. I, that's why I think it's a little uh, bold. To make it exclusive right out the gate, mm-hmm. but that's Amazon for you. That is Amazon so indeed. They're going to do what they're going to do. Also in the NFL, former quarterback Brett Favre has been mired for months now in that welfare fraud fund, welfare fund fraud mm-hmm. controversy in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Said to be the largest welfare fraud case in the history of Mississippi. It's it blowing my mind how little it's talked about. It's not getting a lot of attention, uh, but a former teammate of Favre, when he was with Minnesota, mm-hmm. is actually he's taking a, taking a shot at it. Uh, Sage Rosenfels. Actually, oh, yeah. is, he's tweeted yeah. today since retirement. I've been lucky to avoid steal, stealing millions of dollars from the poorest people in my state. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty easy to do. I mean, yeah, it's not. You, you Did can, you see his you follow up response? Up. Rosenfels? Yeah. No, I, I didn't see that. He, what he quote tweeted himself again and said, "But I also stole money from some of the the richest men on earth." <laughs> Which I appreciated much more. Now, Rosenfels was with the Vikings in 09 when uh, Favre's first year was with them there. And he was with the Texans for a while, too. He was, too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when, yeah. when uh, specifically yes. when Favre was there, right. yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, Favre, the, the, the report is that Favre got $1.1 million for alleged no show work from this federally funded welfare program. For a volleyball. When I hear, yeah. when I hear no show work, I think, I think guys like John Gotti. Right, that's that's Cosa Nostra stuff, like right there. That's gangster. Where's stuff. the bell? Right, ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean uh, yes? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yes, I'm still deep into Better Call Saul. What so. kind of man talks to the DEA? No man. No man. Um, Ooh. So yeah. So, uh, but Favre, of course, he's denied any wrongdoing. Paid some money back. He's had, he's been sued for unpaid interest, though, which well, he's had to pay back. There's text messages that prove otherwise. Well, yeah. So that and and you brought up the volleyball, right? Mm-hmm. So. These text messages actually pretty damning released last week, and we talked about them here, and one of them, he actually asked whether the media is going to learn about the payments that are being made. Right. Uh, there's also a shakedown situation here, $5 million, well, not shakedown, but $5 million in federally funded welfare for construction of a volleyball stadium. You could at, say at the Southern money Miss was... While his sh- daughter was there. Yeah, shaken out and into his pockets. Shaken from the federally funded fruit tree. A, right into his pockets yeah. and yeah. right into the school. Yeah. Which, I look, I appreciate... You'd wanting to do that, but don't take it from the people who need it the most. When bro, you're Brett Favre, you have money. <laughs> like, come on, you don't have to donate a lot, but donate a little bit just to show to prove your worth. Yeah, you literally stole money from the poor. So if he's if if he finally is charged for this, would you support full prosecution? To hell the, yeah. yeah! I don't care who the hell this is you a big are. Deal. This is, this you is, steal money from the poor. You're scum. What about? Just stealing money. If you're stealing money from the poor, you are scum. 
Okay. That's a different. That's a difference. That's a, that's very different. That's okay. that seems night and day. All right. Yeah, stealing money is bad, depending on circumstances. In a way, I hear you. But what he's doing is egregious. What he did was egregious. Technically, he's stealing from the taxpayers of Mississippi or the taxpayers that of the went United to a family welfare fund. No, you're not wrong there, but you can make the argument that he's stealing from all of us. Because if this is a federally funded program, that's money that you worked for and that I worked for that was forcibly removed from our paychecks by the federal government. Good. Fry him. So there, yeah. Send him away. I, I would fully support it. I've always liked uh, Brett Favre as a player. Sure. But uh, I would, uh, I mean, you know, if the hammer comes down on that him, I, I think it would be justified. That only goes so far when you do right. crappy things like this. I think it would be justified. And that is putting it as nice as I possibly can, SEC. <laughs> FCC. <laughs> FCC. Watch your head there. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, who do you like in this Cowboys Giants game this weekend? I like Cowboys. Did I made like that Cowboys? clear yesterday, and I and I still believe that. Still like I, I think the Cowboys are definitely the better team. Definitely on paper, they are the better team. Giants have gotten fairly lucky. They have looked pretty decent, but I think luck has played a bigger part. Saquon Barkley's looking really good. He is. But if you stop him and put it in the hands of Daniel Jones, it's game over. There's so, no way. Would you say that the Dallas Cowboys really it would behoove them to make a lot more use of C D Lamb? This week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, do I would also say uh shore up your defensive line and make sure Saquon Barkley doesn't break many runs. Yeah. And again, you stop him. Put it in Daniel Jones' hands. Good luck. I'm saying that the, if, if the Cowboys focus more on uh, this week on CeeDee Lamb than they did, on Tony Pollard than they did, and on defensive end Dorrance Armstrong Jr., both of, all, all three of those guys. Key players. Could be real keys to the Cowboys winning it. However, we are still talking about Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he can make those types of throws that CeeDee Lamb expects from Dak Prescott. That's right. And dumping it down and throwing it to the running backs, which proved to work, you know, is at least to start, I think is good to, to, you know, get some confidence, get some throw, you know, get some completions in you. And then you start chucking it down the field. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. They need to open up the passing game this Mm -hmm. week. Absolutely. They they have, they have a quarterback. They need to use him. Whether he can make the throw or not, you got to see what you got. And I think they know what they got. So I think. There's, there's, if there's a shot downfield, he should definitely take it. Yeah, I, CD Lamb, he had eleven. Um, let's see, Don't run seventy-five yards, uh, seven, seven passes on eleven targets, seventy-five yards. He ran the ball one time for six yards. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's another enough. thing they could use that's him enough. for because he's dynamic enough to where you know you could he you could give him the ball to run running. two, three times a game without really worrying too much. I would, I would feel more comfortable them than him doing some rollouts and yeah. you know getting some chunk yardage that way and not having. Any sort of uh, run the risk of injury. Well, no, it just any sort of play designed for him to run alone. Yeah, I don't. I would. I would hope they wouldn't. Do yeah, that. I mean, I, I, just, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it would be a, a good move all the time. But with a guy like him, you could certainly make use of him from time two, three times a game if you sure. wanted to. Especially I mean, if the running game is there. working. Yeah, right, they're going to be tired, right. so there'll be plenty more uh, opportunity opportunities to yeah. run. Because he's proven he can do it. You're not going to see him getting 10, 11 carries a game. But you know, because no, no. um, you don't want to add to the injuries issue there. Of course, we got uh, Dak Prescott still out. Yeah, there have been some rumors that Micah uh, Micah Parsons is hurt too. That's not good. Yeah, well, that uh, would be really bad. Uh, head coach, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Mike McCarthy actually addressed that today. No, he, physically, I mean, as far as his leg and everything, he's fine. He, he's battling a little bit of a cold, so we're just being smart with him. <laughs> All that blown uh, a cold. It went it every they what they made like three articles about him potentially being <laughs> she, hurt I, yesterday, and he the just first has time a cold. hearing that it was just a cold. Yeah, same. Come on. Come on, guys. Right. Blew that way out of proportion. Okay. Um, you know, we're talking about another thing the Cowboys it would behoove them. It's really going to behoove them, too, to have Michael Gallup back. That would be. You know? That would be very nice. And McCarthy was actually asked about his expectations when Gallup does get back. Well, I think we have to be uh, practical about it. You know, I, I don't see Michael playing 70 plays in a game, so I think that's the, the obvious. You know, it's, it is his first game back, so... Uh, and I think, you know, how we use them, when we use them, will, will be part of that. So, and and I think when you are in that role as a player, you know, you you don't have as as control of the opportunities to get the guy, you know, to get the player the ball. So I think the biggest thing is really to get Michael th- through this week of work where he feels you know totally comfortable and confident, which uh, I fully anticipate because I mean he's you know in his mind I, I think Michael's ready right now. You know I, I think as far as the opportunities that we, that present to him, you know I, I think it'll it'll come in a roll. 
you know, as far as how many snaps and, and so forth, because, you know, the plan is not for him to play, you know, 70 plays. Also, another injury update here. He's on an incline, so we're going to do a little bit more each day and, and, and try to take it to where we can get to Sunday. And, you know, and, and if, he, if he, he gets through Sunday clean, then, then he'll have a chance. Talking about Dalton Schultz there, who got a little banged up. Going back to Gallup, just having him on the field as a decoy is enough. Is enough to help open up a little more passing lanes for mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb. Because Noah Brown helped out last week. He did his part. But to have another guy like Gallup out there would be huge. It would just be huge just for to have him out there. He doesn't even have to really be a part of the play. It would. I think it would be really big. And you'd be surprised how much that happens. It would, it would be really. And, you know, you're getting, getting a nice bit of, uh, you know, mixing it up. A little bit of Pollard here. A little Zeke there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they, you got yourself a nice they little cocktail for something. They need more touches. Definitely. And uh, McCarthy actually did uh, touch a little bit on the, the distribution between uh, Pollard and, uh, and uh, Zeke. We'd like to get it higher. I mean, I think the first thing you look at is, you know, is the number of plays. You know, I mean, you want to be 72 and above. You know, we obviously haven't been there in week one or week two, and I think the biggest, you know, the captain obvious part of it is third down, and we've, we've talked about that two weeks in a row. So we, we need to be better on third down, and I think you are in a good spot with third down conversion. Your, your ball distribution is, usually reflects that. Yeah. I love the word salad from, from Mike McCarthy there, just trying to say we need to get them more touches. Quite the dynamic fella, isn't he? He's something. He should come do what we do. He, he would be one of the most entertaining guys behind these microphones you can imagine. I don't agree with that at all. I fall asleep during every recording session I do Mike with McCarthy this broadcast. press conference. Press conferences. Where it's NPR every day. There's that too. The Cowboys. Uh, uh, giving giving Obama a run for his Jason money Peters with the number of albums right. he drops. Dalton Schultz is all uh, he's on an incline. Uh, but uh, I feel like it. Didn't he say that about uh, about Gallup too? Yes, on an he said that. He They're said that last week. They okay. have. Yeah. They have the. He. I don't know. He has these like sayings. Uh, ramp up. He's got ramp up week, and in, he's on an incline. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Is he ramping up? That was a question to J- about Jason Peter. Is he ramping up? Okay. It's like. What, I don't even know what that means. I don't either, and I don't. I, I don't think anybody does. He probably doesn't even know. No, he's just like, well, I'm just going to throw out some words he's, because he's I'm on his way. and that's what I do. He has to go up the ramp to to work out. So you know who used to throw up. out some great words in, 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 in post game for the Cowboys? No, Parcells. <laughs> I believe Parcells. that. I definitely he, he believe was, that. He was a soundbite machine yeah. when he was in Dallas. He also didn't mince words. No, he did not. No, he did not. <laughs> uh, John Runyon Jr. Son of John Runyon Sr. Yes. Who has made the call I had no on, idea on Mike Evans. That they had the same name. Yeah. Well, they are father and son. I get that. But I thought there was just <laughs> one John Runyon. But John Runyon Jr., he's uh, opening up, uh, discussing a little bit this week about some conspiracy theories that people are throwing out. Uh, his dad, he's the uh, the father of, uh, Green, he, father of Green Bay Packers, left guard. Handed down the one-game suspension to receiver Mike Evans. John Runyon Jr. John Runyon Jr. For everyone else. And John Runyon Sr. is the one who handed down the one-game suspension Mm -hmm. to Mike Evans from the Buccaneers. Um, And so there's there's been a lot of a lot of talk about conspiracies here and there. Runyon Jr. says basically he's just doing his job. He's done that job for a half decade now. Just so happens that we're playing the Buccaneers this week. Everybody's trying to make it a, a conspiracy theory, and it's not. Of course, he ruled that Evans' suspension on Monday for his role in Sunday's fight with the Saints quarterback Marshawn Lattimore. His appeal was heard by James Thrash, appeals officer, and that suspension was upheld yesterday. But you you were asking when we talked about this yesterday, why the name Runyon, John Runyon, sounded so familiar. He played 14 NFL seasons between 96 and 2009. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I, did, I had no idea he had a son who was now a Packer. Yeah, six-round pick. That's just blowing my mind. Six-round pick in 2020, John yeah, Runyon that's, Sr., I, or Jr. That, was. That, that just shows how old I am because I remember him playing I remember his dad playing, <laughs> and all these other guys, all these other guys' kids who are now in baseball and football who are coming up. I just uh. talking about getting old. Um, obviously, Tom Brady, oldest dude out there on the field right now. Aaron Rodgers not too far behind him, and um, they've sort of changed the modern definition of what it is, what a quarterback career is. Certainly, they've changed. They, they've Push the envelope on on what a senior citizen in the league. Sure, is. very complete polar opposite ways of doing it between Rogers and Brady. Right, one is uh, I don't know a, a keto fiend, and then the other just likes drugs. He likes his ayahuasca. Although he claims that's not a, a real, uh, not a drug per se in that way. It's just a plant. But come on, Aaron, come on, we're not that stupid. 
We are not. We are not. When you get high and and you're you know you're on a, a UFO for eight hours, and that's then a they drug. Come, then they come drop you back off. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's a drug. You've been high. <laughs> you, you took some drugs, man. Flying around in your UFOs, you were yeah you you ain't low, right? So uh, Rogers and Brady both Brady for sure the twilight of his career. Rogers right there if at the cusp of it, if not already there as well. Um, but he just signed himself a pretty hefty contract. It's going to take him through the 2026 season. He'll be 43 at that time. And he actually talked a little bit about this week. I talked to the Wisconsin State Journal mm-hmm. as to whether or not he'll be playing at 45 like Tom Brady. And his response was, I won't be. <laughs> I'll be doing something else. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> he says, I got a lot of other interests outside the game. It's been really good to me. I've gotten all to the game, but at some point it'll be time to do something else. And I strongly believe it'll be before I turn 45. I appreciate that. Yeah. Look, he doesn't need it. He's done plenty. He's gotten all the... The highest accolades you can get in his profession. His accolades. Yeah, so he's good. I don't blame him for wanting to be out on his terms no, and no. not have to force it through the 40s. But, you know, Tom Brady's a different kind of beast as well, so. Yeah. Hey, uh. More power to him both. So, I got a question for you. How do you piss off 46,175 fans in Yankee Stadium? I think I know how. You know? I think I know how. I'll tell you how coming up after the break. Okay. It's a bullpen. Five one two eight three four one zero two. I'm sorry. Yeah. One eight three four one zero two seven is the number. You got it. Here on the bullpen. That is it. The bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on one zero two seven ESPN. High fly ball, deep left. Swinski back, turning, looking, see ya. A two home run inning. For Glaber Torres, a three-run shot, and it's 14 to two. So he hit his first home run to right field, and it was 22 minutes ago, <laughs> and then his second home run. Glaber Torres there closing out the the Yankees game last night with a, a bang, two-run shot, putting him up 14 to two. That was the final over the Pittsburgh Pirates last night. Uh, of course. Packed house in the Bronx, 46,175 screaming fans there at Yankee Stadium, all of whom look for history to be made. Mm-hmm. With Aaron Judge tying Roger Maris last night, that didn't happen. In fact, Judge didn't have the greatest game. And it looked like, after he grounded out in the eighth, that yeah, it was, that was pretty much it for his night. Clearly, he's not going to hit number 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. They were getting ready to go home, and then come ninth, they had this ridiculously long inning. Judge gets a fifth at bat. And Pirates pitcher Eric Stout walks him. Uh-huh. He didn't want any part of Judge. Smart. He didn't want any part of him. And Yankees fans let him hear it. And I had the audio, and I, and I, I don't know what I did with it. But uh, if, as you could imagine, it's New York. Yeah. So, you know, they wanted Judge 61, and Eric Stout didn't want any part of it. I don't blame him. No I've, part I've, of been, it at all. I've been saying this whole time. Why are we pitching to him? Why are you pitching to him? He Please walked stop. Him, he walked him on four straight. They weren't even really all that close to the zone, you know. So he, I, th- it was obviously intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be number sixty-one. I, you know, that was going on in his head. I don't want to be sixty-one. Exactly. And so they they booed the hell out of him. Although I have uh, heard the argument that it may help a pitcher, uh, maybe a more unknown pitcher, because you will be a part of history for the rest of baseball eternity mm-hmm. that you were the guy that gave up 61 or 62 mm-hmm. to Aaron Judge so your name's going to be synonymous with that you'll be talked about for as long as that well you that, know you say that that's talked about you say that but who gave up number 715 to Hank Aaron okay fair right look if i was alive during that generation or if i was when was that that was well that was in the 70s okay i was not alive for that no. so if i was alive for that and you know cognit- cognitively i can i can talk you know, if you were consciously aware of it, consciously aware and knew what baseball and you know, all that, I'd probably remember. Yeah, I maybe I've seen it on I've seen it on article. I've, I've seen, seen it, it enough. Articles. I could tell you. I, I mean, I could recite. I could recite Milo Hamilton's call of that that play. I could recite uh, Vin Scully's call of that play. I mean, yeah, I've seen it a thousand times. I still couldn't tell you who gave up the hit or who gave up the pitch. That's fair. Anyway. But again, because it's brought up, those, that name will the name will still continue on with it. With it, that's with true. It. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, last night, another pretty big night for the Astros and Kyle Tucker. Now Tucker drives 
one towards the race tank in right center. That's gone onto the netting above the tank, and it's four and two. A tank onto the tank. RBIs 101 and 102 for King Tuck, who reigns in his hometown of Tampa Bay. Big deal for Kyle Tuck, or Kyle Tucker right now. Yeah, he 102 RBI. He's having a good week. A great week. First a great year. First guy on the club to hit 100 RBI this season, uh, and uh, culminating in a 5-2 win last night over the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I just wanted to bring this up real quick because this this always saddens me. Oh, the to- so this was a sweep for the Astros over the Rays, and I appreciate that. And they they, they shut them out the first two games. They were going on first three games actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Total attendance for the series at Tropicana, 28,675. That includes 9,293 people who were there last night as the Rays are in position for the second wildcard yeah, spot. This is a playoff team. Like they, That is the worst fan base in all of baseball. 100%. How, you're, they, they don't even support their guys when they're winning. Nope, and they never have. No. I, I still don't know why they're still there. I really don't. There's no reason. And I hate to say that because I hate teams leaving – you know their cities, but this is just pathetic. Nobody cares. Yeah, dude. and they want a new arena, where a new stadium. Where are they going to put it? Why would they do that? Uh, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for send it. Send it to a send it to a city who who would appreciate it. Nobody wants baseball in Tampa Bay. Apparently, no. And and you know that of those nine thousand two hundred ninety three people there, forty to fifty percent of them were Astros fans. Mm-hmm. That's just the way yeah. it works at a, at a Rays game. Everyone there, everyone in Flo- Florida is a Miami Marlins mm-hmm. fan. And apparently, it's hard to beat that, even if you're way up north in Tampa Bay. Feel so bad for those guys. It's a it's a football town, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Astros got the five two win last even night. Hockey's there and does well. Hockey does like, great. The do Lightning, like the baseball. Lightning, great. Which is weird in Florida of all places that that hockey, that NHL would be huge. Yeah, that is, but baseball is not. A summer game is not big in in Florida. Yeah, of all you places. get to cool down in Tropicana. They're Field. weird over there, I mean, man. It's an ugly stadium, but it's, at least you get to cool down. It is not out stadium. there. It is an ugly stadium. It's rainy out there. It's, it's muggy on, out it's there. It's on par with Rogers up in, in Toronto for for pure ugliness, I think. And that's only because the Kingdom was imploded. Yeah, the Kingdom wasn't. Too and good the Astrodome either. is is still there. Astrodome's still there. The eighth it, one of the world focus, is still. It, does it do anything? Uh, I I don't know if they ever got around to it, but years ago when I worked in Houston, there was a lot of talk about converting it into like a like a convention center or, yeah. or something like that. I don't know if they ever got around to doing that. I think I, I, I think Harris County may have declared it a, a, an historic site. No, instead they got rid of Astro World, but they didn't get rid of the dome. Go figure. Right. Why would you get rid of the dome, man? Why would you get rid of Astro World? I don't know because because everyone stopped going, but it looked cool. So was the Astro Dome was cool. And what's weird is when you look at the Astro Dome now, which when I was a boy, it was the first place I ever saw a ball game when I was a little boy. Yeah. Um, actually, well, technically, no, that's not true. I was in the womb. It was in my mom's stomach, and she got hit in the stomach with a foul ball at a Rangers game in Arlington while she was still pregnant. So technically, that was my first ball game. But my first in-person, alive and conscious was at the Dome, and it was massive to me when I was – this thing was huge. And now when you drive down 59 in Houston, it is dwarfed by NRG Stadium where the Texans play right next to it. Right. Just absolutely dwarfed. It looks tiny. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I but. look. I I get it. I had the kingdom. That was where I saw my first football and baseball game. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And then and then the stealing the ceiling started to fall. The stealing fell. Yeah, Whatever guy. Um. So the, the Astros, uh, their their pitching staff looking pretty healthy now. Mm-hmm. Things are things are pretty good. Uh, we healthy. Got, they look they look phenomenal. They look phenomenal. They You're, look unstoppable. Going to have uh, Verlander on the bump tonight. As they uh, as they kick off a new series, Again, why, why are you pitching for you guys already? It's it's over. Yeah, there's, there's it, no it, reason it, to be pitching him. He's it, just it, came off of injury list, and, injury and then list. he looked great in his first start. After that, he's well, got a one seven eighty ERA. He's got a point eight three WHIP, and opponents are batting one eighty five against him. He's the he's Cy, a lock for the Cy. He's Young. the Cy Young winner. Y'all are making the playoffs. You got your first round by. I know it's a, it's going to be a long break in between because the wild card round is a lot longer than it was before. It's not just one game anymore. It's three games. Mm-hmm. I just uh you really you're really pushing it there. Yep. He's 40 he's in his 40s, correct? Uh 38. I think he's 38. Still. I know you're in his in his 30s, but he's he's got some injuries. 
He's your Cy Young winner. Just don't. He doesn't need to be out there. When you got the new kid, Hunter. Uh, I keep want to say Hunter Thompson, but that's clearly. I almost not said it. Hunter Dozier. So yeah. that's just. I, says a lot I almost me said too. Hunter Thompson and Hunter Renfro. Neither would be correct. <laughs> um, anyway, they, they, but they, yeah, you're right. They don't need their, their pitching staff is robust enough. They could they could go on a six man rotation mm-hmm. uh, if they wanted to. Yes. They could drop Verlander and just stay at a five man rotation. They'd be just fine. So I'm with you. That's what they ought to do. That is what they ought to but, do. But I mean, you know, maybe they'll do that in the last week. I don't know. Maybe they're just giving each guy one more one more go around before they get a break because they're going to get an extra break regardless. One one more roll in the metaphorical baseball hay, huh? I got gotcha. you. Got it. That was, uh, that was beautiful. One more. <laughs> thanks, man. I'm, I'm a poet. Uh, one more bit of baseball news. Uh, during yesterday's Mets Brewers game, there was a an, an interesting record set. Uh, second baseman Luis Guillorme hit by a pitch, marking the 106th time this season a Mets player has been plunked. No, Mark, I saw that. Mark Canna got hit twice. <laughs> he got hit by two pitches earlier in the same game. That's because nobody likes the Mets. Both time by Adam Hau- Adrian Hauser. So that pit that hit Guillorme, it. it it broke the modern MLB era record for the most hit by pitches for a single team in a season. <laughs> um, and uh, so they actually, Buck Showalter, they tossed it over to Buck Showalter, Mets manager. And I guess initially he said he wanted to keep it as a, as a piece of team history. He was asked after the game what he was going to do with oh, it. Boy. And his quote was, oh, boy. it would be obscene to tell you what I was going to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it. He says, I, I just gave it to the hitting coaches. They can do whatever they want with it. Uh, I'm so happy he's still around. I'm so happy he's doing well. He's yeah. successful with the Mets. I like They're Buck a lot. fun team. Yeah. I like Buck. That's great. That, yeah. Those those guys, that's that's the perfect fit and clearly shows because of how good they are. Yeah, yeah. Even though their pitching staff is also redonkulous. Uh, with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Taiwan Max Walker the in there Mad as Man well. Scherzer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He's oft overlooked. but uh, he, he's, The problem with him is he's he gets hurt too much. Yeah. But he, he is really good when he's on. Mm-hmm. But also he has his laps, lapses and it can be a little brutal. That he can. Uh, let's go over to college football. Uh, as the NCAA has placed LSU football on probation, dun, dun, dun. has accepted the school's self-imposed penalties over recruiting violations. That's One year funny. probation. LSU and probation—they just seem to go together so they, well. They you do. almost are never surprised. When well, it happens. It, it, you know, and it's not just their football team that's in hot water. Their basketball team's in a lot of trouble too over similar issues. Shocker. Yeah. So three-year show. Uh, let's see. The program, a one-year probation, issued a three-year show cause against former assistant coach who's, uh, who says uh, who says admitted to meeting with a prospect giving him team gear during the COVID recruiting dead period. I can do that. With NIL, <laughs> why is that a big deal? Well, the, the issue is more along the lines that this happened during the pandemic when gotcha. people weren't allowed to travel. There were these restrictions. And NIL wasn't even NIL wasn't yet. a big okay. thing, right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so they, they fired offensive line coach James Craig for cause. Last June, in June of last year, admitting to violating NCAA rules. Um, then he was awarded a half million dollars after the ruling, and LSU terminated its contract without cause. Again, LSU and just giving money to former coaches and players. Yeah. It all just goes hand in hand. LSU's already self-imposed a $5,000 fine, a one-week prohibition on recruiting communication and unofficial visits, and reductions in official visits and evaluation days. They don't need it. These, these are not major violations yeah, in nature. No you know, deal. the timing of the, of the pandemic, that's the issue. Sure. According to the infractions report, a prospect's mother arranged a group of 14 recruits to make an informal visit to the LSU campus in September of 2020, mm-hmm. right in the thick of all the pandemic stuff. Yep. Um, this was allowed under NCAA rules at the time. Which but, seems weird. But the report said that uh, that officials, who, um, they were not allowed to have, like, up-close contact with one another. They could meet. They could talk on the phone, but they couldn't meet in person. Right. Um, or but, through email or something. Right. But then uh, apparently the next weekend, uh, an assistant recruiting director picked up uh, a prospect and his girlfriend from a hotel, drove him to Tiger Stadium for a tour. Uh, dropped them back at the hotel, gave them some used LSU gear, a lot of just similar infractions like that. And uh, so, you know, you've got that. Plus, uh, March 8th, the university got notice of allegations, including eight alleged level one rules violations, seven tied to the men's basketball program. LSU's got some problems. Yeah, big time. But Not the least of which look, being that they're in Louisiana. For If there's one team that knows how to, you know, fight through adversity of problems like this, it's LSU. The Tigers will be so fine. They'll be all right. They'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, what's the farthest you've ever gone to try to sway your team to a win? The furthest I've gone to yeah. sway. Like, would my you take? Would you ever take win. any drastic uh, 
Are you superstitious? Uh, the only thing I do is I turn the game off. If I'm frustrated and it's clear that that I'm the I'm the problem, I turn the game off. Would you ever threaten to set off a nuclear bomb? No. Mm. Would I have if I had the opportunity? Would I do it? Mm. No. No. Then you're apparently not as committed as one University of Utah student <laughs> okay. arrested this week after she allegedly threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor on campus. If the Utes football team lost to San Diego State over the weekend. <laughs> Now they did. Now hold on. My first question here is: Is there a yes. nuclear bomb yes. on Utah's campus? A nuclear reactor on on the Utah campus, from what I understand. Yes. Why? I don't know. But apparently, this gal uh, said that she had uh, had information about the reactor because she attended classes in the same building where it's located. <laughs> so she she's twenty one. Oh she's accused God. of making a threat of terrorism. She was booked and then released yesterday. But her threat was: If the Utes lose to San Diego State this past weekend. I'll detonate the nuclear reactor on campus. How drunk do you think she was when she said this? 21. She probably drunk. Yeah. Um, allegedly posted on social media all this that she would detonate the nuclear reactor. Um, Utah defeated San Diego State 35-7. to Oh, thank God. Utah, basically, they, they saved their own lives. Yeah, no kidding. My God. <laughs> they saved their own lives. Um, yeah. So, lost my phone here. I was just noticing that our clock here just went haywire on oh, me all good. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, it's now it's now telling me that it's a, a lot faster than it actually is. Oh, okay. So I was well, trying, <laughs> well, trying to figure we'll out figure, what it's, when we'll I got to bump us out. out of here. I, I, I see it's one fifty-eight. <laughs> I don't know the yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, it, right now, according to our clock here, it's it's uh, it's two oh one. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's probably going to have to do it for us today. Here we uh, we do appreciate you joining us here on the bullpen. We're we'll we'll, we'll see if we can get this clock thing figured out. Um, but yeah, yeah. Make sure you stick around. We got uh, Paul Feinbaum coming up next. Yes, we do. We think he may already be talking. We don't know. I think time just jumped ahead of us. I don't know. I was just sitting here looking. Go. What did I just do a time? I board? wish I could see the computer to understand what happened, what happened there. Fourteen oh one. It says right now. Okay. Uh, what time, well, we'll you, what time you got on your clock? We have a clock on the wall. I got one fifty nine on my phone. Okay. I don't. I don't have the per per seconds. My phone either, so that's is, okay. What a, what a just a, a great way, a train wreck way to end this wonderful show we call the bullpen. Here. And with that, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow.